Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Green Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Green Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now. Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. On a Monday evening, we welcome you in to a Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. have you for the next two hours, taking you until 8 o'clock this evening. We've got a lot on the program tonight. We're actually uh, we're going to be with you a good number of times this week. This is kind of a weird week in terms of us actually having not just sports open line, but full two-hour editions of the program. We'll have one tonight, and the Cardinals have off days coming up on Wednesday and Thursday. So we have three full two-hour editions of sports open line this week, and we are uh, certainly happy to be able to uh, do that. Glad to be with you here uh, on a holiday. Obviously, Memorial Day is a day where we're able to uh, – reflect on uh, individuals who gave the ultimate sacrifice so people like me can turn on a radio and talk about sports or turn on a microphone and talk about sports and we can all go to a baseball game together and that sort of thing earlier today and uh, just uh, always a day that's kind of it's a it's a combination of reflecting upon the reason for the day but I think also at the same time an opportunity to appreciate friends, appreciate family, do things, enjoy a day. And uh, outside of the Cardinals losing today, hope uh, you were able to uh, hope you were able to do that. Actually, I sent a tweet out and it blew up a little bit on me. I just I took a picture towards the start of the game of basically every seat at Bush Stadium being filled. I mean, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful day for a ball game. Second largest crowd of the year. Only the opening day crowd had more people than the 45,911 folks uh, that were in attendance today at Bush Stadium. And you're this might not be the first time I've talked about this, that you've heard me talk about it. It's not going to be the last because... I do this every year on Memorial Day. I do it every year on Labor Day. If there's ever a 4th of July where not every baseball team is playing, that happens occasionally, I bring it up because I am somebody, I love the sport of baseball so much. It is what I have basically devoted my entire career around every job decision I've ever made, every aspiration I've had from a professional standpoint really has been based around the sport of baseball. And I grew up going to Cardinals games, falling in love with the sport of baseball. And I just, I want people everywhere. I want kids. I want families. I I want everybody to be able to enjoy the game as much as I enjoyed the game. So anytime there's an opportunity to 
grow the game in some form or fashion, anytime there's an opportunity to create a memory in some form or fashion, I want baseball to do it. And I think it is the one of the most stupid things that today in Major League Baseball, there are eight, count them, eight teams that are not playing. So 11 games are being played today, 22 teams, eight games, or 11 games. And of those 11 games, four of them are even night games. So what? That's, that's 14 teams in Major League Baseball that are playing day baseball on Memorial Day. Give me a break. That is That is a complete and total failure by Major League Baseball. And the Cardinals were, were supposed to have today off. This has been this has been talked about a little bit. The Cardinals were scheduled not to play today. This is why, if you've been wondering why in the world do they have back-to-back off days, something you never, ever see. When the schedule was originally put together, today was a scheduled off day for the Cardinals. They were going to have a week with Monday and Thursday off. And thankfully, the intelligent people over at the St. Louis Cardinals who realized that they would probably have a crowd of about 45,911 people if they play a day game on uh, Memorial Day, called up Major League Baseball and said, hey, uh, we'd, we'd like to play on, on a Memorial Day if possible. And to Major League Baseball's credit, at least in this one instance, from what I understand, just hearing it from other people, is Major League Baseball did adjust the schedule. It was the same for the Royals where they were going to be off today and be off on Thursday. So it was going to work out where they were able to move this up. But this is also why the Cardinals are playing 19 games in 19 days. It was was originally supposed to be 17 and 17, which is challenging on its own accord. But 19 and 19 is that much tougher and playing day game travel day game. Um, But it, it all comes back to Major League Baseball had this as a scheduled off day today for the Cardinals, so it should have only been it should have been ten teams unless this happened. I don't know if any other team was scheduled to be off today and did the same thing that the Cardinals did. I I, I haven't I, I don't know, uh, but at least it was originally supposed to be at least ten teams that were going to be off today. And I I had somebody on the tweet that I sent out say, "Why does it matter that it's a day game? It's an opportunity for families to come together to watch baseball. Not that families can't come together to watch baseball at night. But people are going to work tomorrow. Schools are mostly out, I believe. I think are all schools out by this time of the year? I know my daughter's school's out, but uh, but there's other things going on that kid, kids are doing during. It's it's a it's an opportunity for families to go to the ball game and enjoy themselves on a holiday, and baseball baseball is missing out. There is an opportunity to create memories today with families with kids going to ball games. And this is not just a major league baseball thing by the way. Do you know the Cardinals have four minor league affiliates? Four. Kyle Sixta, our fill-in sports producer extraordinaire with us for today. Can I, maybe you know this? Do you know of the four Cardinals minor league affiliates how many are playing baseball today? I'm going to guess zero. 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 There is some minor league baseball today. I think maybe the International League is playing. Uh, but none of the leagues that the Cardinals have their teams in. And Major League Baseball has even more control over minor league baseball now than they did a few years back. There was a big reorganization. So I'm just sitting here on an island with a microphone in front of me yelling to the high heavens that we got to do better. 
We got the, the the caretakers of baseball need to do better. Memorial Day, Labor Day, Fourth of July. I've got a I've got a good good buddy. He um he works for the company uh, Odyssey. He does stuff uh, nationally for uh, CBS Sports Radio. He's based in Milwaukee. We worked together a little bit uh, when I was there, and he sent out this tweet today. And so I want to uh, I want to give him credit. He said, if the NFL played at this time of the year, they would have a quadruple header and have claimed this day as one of their own. He's right. He's absolutely right. If the others, the the NFL takes holidays, the NBA takes holidays, even the NHL, college football, college basketball to a lesser extent, they claim and take holidays as their own. And baseball doesn't. And I don't understand why. And it's such an easy thing to fix. I, somebody said to me on Twitter, well, what about the teams that played a, a Sunday night baseball game last year? You expect them to travel and then play a day game? Well, that happens on occasion. It's not great, but it happens. And so it's not the end of the world. Or just schedule it. You have these four-game wraparound series, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday series. Do that. Have the Whoever's playing on Sunday night baseball on Sunday night, have them be, have them play uh, a getaway day on Monday and, and wrap up a series. Like, there's more... Every wall that can be put up to what I'm saying, there is a simple answer to it. And that's what frustrates me so much because this is a really easy thing to figure out. And every year on these holidays, not everybody's playing. And I think it annoys me that much more. I've gone like 14 minutes on this. And I be- do the Cardinals have Labor Day off? Is that right? I think the Cardinals have Labor Day off. Somebody said that. I. Get ready for me to be all kinds of upset on Labor Day when that happens. Just prepare yourself for the rant that is going to be coming your way uh, on Labor Day when the, yeah, what is that? That's Monday, September 4th. They don't. They play the Pirates on a Sunday. They play in Atlanta on a Tuesday. They have that off. Get ready because I am going to be all kinds of angry that day. All right. I'm done for the moment. When we return, we'll talk NBA playoffs. My good friend Justin Garcia is going to join us in uh, just a moment. Talk everything going on. It's uh, Game 7 tonight in the NBA. We'll go through it coming up in just a moment. It's the Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back at it here on a Monday night. Got you till 8 o'clock this evening. It is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Brendan Schaefer's going to join us in about 15 minutes. We'll talk St. Louis Cardinals baseball with him. But right now, we'll turn our attention to the NBA playoffs. A Game 7 tonight in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics able to storm their way back into a series against the Heat. The winner tonight will take on the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. And we're very happy to uh, welcome on to the program one of my favorite people in the world to talk NBA basketball ball with. He's a part of the Milwaukee Bucks radio network. His name is uh, Justin Garcia. You follow him on Twitter at TMJ Garcia. Justin, thanks as always for taking some time with us today. How are you? I'm good, Matt. How are you? I'm good. Are you, what's your excitement level for this game tonight? It's been an interesting series where it just looked like the heat were absolutely going to roll. It felt like the Celtics had, had given up and now all of a sudden it's a, it's a game seven at the garden tonight in Boston. Yeah, as somebody who has a a very strong disdain for both of these teams, uh, for personal reasons, I'm still very invested in this because of you know everything that can come from tonight's result. If if the Miami Heat win this and hold off this comeback by the Celtics, that's two straight years for Boston where you've had a a very clear path to an NBA championship and you've come away with nothing. And then of course they have a big decision to make with Jalen Brown in the off season. And, you know, you look at some things like the new CBA that a number of teams are going to be facing some tough decisions, not winning a championship is going to factor into that decision-making. And on the flip side, you know, if the Celtics can do that, it's the opposite of everything we just said and, and more proof of, Hey, this core works we can keep going along with this group and, and try to navigate some of the waters in this new CBA, knowing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are taking a, a big portion of our cap and how difficult that's going to make things. And not to mention being the first team in league history to erase a three game deficit. The NBA conspiracy theorists are, are out in full force. The heat a combined 0 and 10 in games ref by Tony brothers and Scott Foster Celtics seven and two. Both those guys are part of the crew tonight. Do you buy into any of these conspiracies? Um, I don't, but I, 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 I recognize there are numbers that would seem to indicate you're crazy for not buying into it. I also think, look, if, if we're being honest with ourselves, if you're an NBA fan, you didn't have to wait to get the referee assignment. I think we all kind of knew and assumed at least Scott Foster would be involved in this game. When it comes to officials, there's a there's another story going on right now where the NBA is uh, investigating an official for alleged tweets. That would be Eric Lewis, and it looks like people have found a uh, a Twitter burner account of his. It just it feels like things like this happen with NBA officials, and it doesn't happen a, as much in these sports. Is this a bad thing if it's true? What are the what are the implications of this? It, it feels like this is being made to be a really big story, and I'm not sure if it's should be or not yeah it, it's i think it's still kind of wait and see just because it's against the it's a violation of the code of conduct for the officials that you're not allowed to basically freely speak about any of this stuff it has to go through the union with officials through the league office 
as well. And, you know, even on an individual game basis, you have a pool reporter that then gets to ask a couple of questions to the officials. So there's always been a couple of differences there. And that's the big thing. But I'll say this, too. I'm not trying to say this is connected in any way. But, you know, I, I think what happened with Tim Donaghy is present on a lot of people's minds just because of a book and a documentary that have both come out in the last year or so. And with the league just increasing their partnership with some gambling sites and, and trying to kick that up a little bit, all the rumors uh, they're going to expand into Las Vegas. Eventually there's a number of these things that need to be sorted out injury reports and how teams utilize that and, and factually report on those. And even stuff as minor as officials creating burner accounts and trying to protect themselves. These are all the little things that, that makes it very cloudy. We know the league is already headed down this path, any league for that matter. This is the biggest thing to really keep an eye on as sports betting becomes more and more popular. We're talking NBA basketball, NBA playoffs with uh, Justin Garcia. In baseball, it happens a lot like in the World Series where there's a long layoff between a championship series and the World Series. Maybe it happens for one team and doesn't happen for the other. It feels like that's a more rare thing to happen in other sports, including the NBA. But the the Nuggets have been done for a while, just sitting there waiting. Does that have an impact on, on, on the NBA Finals? Yeah, that's one of the more interesting things to keep an eye on because, as you mentioned, it's not all that common, but usually when we do see this, it's from like the second round, the semifinals to the conference finals. Once you get to the conference finals, you don't typically see these series ending quickly because theoretically it's your two best teams in that given conference that are going at it. And the way the NBA works, they set the dates for the finals, for the conference finals, for all of these series ahead of time. So you already knew the NBA finals is going to start this upcoming Thursday. The Nuggets wrap things up, what, last Wednesday I believe so. They got over a week of time off. We've seen a handful of teams. I know I can speak from experience with the Bucks. They have always been one of those teams, even though it's a veteran team. They just don't respond well to time off, that it takes you a game or two to get back in the flow of things. And a, a couple of players have talked about that as well, that it's, it's kind of a routine and a rhythm that you get used to playing every other day. You think back to the bubble when there was no travel, with every other day you were playing games. That was some of the best basketball that we have seen. So game one, it could be interesting for Denver to see how crisp they look because the Denver Nuggets have by far been the best team in the playoffs this season. And I think there was a lot of doubt coming into the playoffs just because of what Denver had done in previous uh, playoff runs and the fact that they did not close out the regular season strong. I think that put a lot of people off the scent of the Nuggets and they have clearly been the best team in this postseason, having lost just three games, and two of them were when Kevin Durant and Kevin Booker went supernova. Hell hath no fury right now than a Nuggets fan who feels like the national media isn't talking about their team a lot. Uh, but there's been a that's been maybe I'm just got the wrong social media algorithm because I follow a lot of Denver sports accounts, uh, having lived there previously. But it just for a while there, it felt like I could not get on Twitter without seeing somebody complaining about the way that the social media that uh, that national media was talking about uh, the Nuggets. And I know like a Chris Mannix said something, and, and, and Nuggets fans yep. took it personally. It, is is there anything there? Like, is this even worth talking about? I know I see it on social media, and I just shake my head. Yeah, the so the Chris Mannix thing to say 
the Nuggets are just not an interesting team. I mean, he's not wrong. And uh, I'm obviously somebody that's much more invested, and I like all basketball. So the Nuggets, to me, are an interesting team. But I understand what, what Chris Maddox is saying, that to the outsider, to the casual fan, to somebody that shows up just for the playoffs, there's not a lot to sell with the Denver Nuggets. They are a quiet team. They have a quiet superstar in Nikola Jokic. They've got great stories in Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon and what he's done with his career transformation. They're a solid team, that there's no drama. And, and I know that's the same thing we went through here in Milwaukee with the Bucks for the last couple of years, where despite winning the title, despite being a perennial contender, they didn't get a whole lot of attention either, even though Giannis was a two-time MVP for the same reasons. They were a relatively boring team. So I get what Chris Mannix is saying to me, that's maybe the biggest problem with the league. And we've seen Adam Silver go through a number of ways to try to address this. They're going to have an in-season tournament. They've tried to crack down on load management and players resting. They've taken away more back-to-backs and are trying to adjust the schedule a little bit to drum up some interest in the regular season. But to me, it really boils down to what the league has done for the last decade or so is presented all these off-the-court storylines. And, you know, you think back to the fact that July, the first weekend in July, when free agency begins, you can make an argument that's what more fans, and especially the casual fans, are interested in, is free agency, players moving, trades, all of that. And the league has done nothing to change that. They've played into it. So Chris Maddox isn't totally wrong. And to me, that's the issue with the league, that that's the number one thing to look into address. All the other things that, uh, that we've seen them try to implement, that's great. But you have to put an emphasis on what's happening on the court and not so much off-the-court drama. Last couple things uh, for you, for people who have heard you on this show before, they may know that you are a fan of the St. Louis Blues. So I'll ask you, when when those rumors started coming out that maybe Doug Armstrong could be connected to the uh, Toronto GM opening, yeah. and it sounds like that's not going to happen it, for, for a number of reasons. That seems unlikely at this point in time. But what was your initial reaction to when all of a sudden his name started getting connected? Uh, interesting was kind of the first thing where you raise an eyebrow, and then as, as you try to like kind of talk yourself through it, I thought, you know, it does make a lot of sense. Everything that Army has accomplished here and what he's set in the place that guys don't typically stay around. I mean, we, we see it in every sport that it's on to the next challenge. He led the Blues to a couple, a couple of years ago or, or at least built that team. So you thought, yeah, that, that does kind of make a lot of sense. But, you know, I think the other part is with a guy like Army, too, and how competitive he is, now you went through that phase, and now it's clearly on to a rebuild and trying to – to see if you can turn some things around with some of the young talent again. And that's really, you know, in place of going to another franchise and and trying to lead that to a cup. That's the next biggest challenge is to say, okay, we did it with a veteran group of guys. We've made some moves and moved on from a lot of those guys. Now how do I build that up with this young core? They've got a ton of draft picks this year. And then the names that keep getting connected to, to uh, trade possibilities Colton Pareko, Tory Krug, Nick Letty, Marco Scandella. How how much do you want to see big moves, big changes, this roster really looking different next year where they can be legitimately uh, a, a playoff team next season, even during a, a time where it does feel like, as you said, they're going through a little bit of a rebuild? Yeah, well, it, first of all, it feels like Marco Scandella's name has been out there for two or three years now with every single trade that comes up for this team. But, you know, for me, I understand where they're headed and, and really 
when you made, and I think it was the right decision, to move Ryan O'Reilly and, and Tarasenko and some of the other guys during the season, that was the right move, and that was a signal of it's not going to be a next-year thing. Maybe we can sneak into the playoffs next year as one of the lower seeds, but this isn't a, hey, we're doing this to take a step back this year and compete next year. I, th- I think it's going to be a couple of years and, you know, that can always be exciting. You mentioned the number of picks that they have. It's, what, three in the first round. So to see if you keep all of those, what you can develop there, I know that pushes the timeline out a little more. But if they make the playoffs next year, I will be pleasantly surprised. I think this is, is probably going to be a couple-year thing for the franchise. He is Justin Garcia. Follow him on Twitter at TMJ Garcia. He's part of the Milwaukee Bucks radio network. Great NBA guy. And he's a St. Louis Blues fan. So we try to get him on here as often as possible to get some Blues talk in. Justin, thanks for the time, uh, especially on a holiday. And we'll do this again real soon. Anytime, Matt. Talk to you later. Awesome. Very good. There's Justin Garcia joining us on the program. Up next, we'll talk Cardinals baseball. Brendan Schaefer, Cardinals beat writer for KMOV.com, joins us in just a moment. It's Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes Smith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Continuing on here on a Monday evening, it is Sports Open Line, a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. As always, if you want to chime in, you can do so. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet in as well. Coming up next hour, uh, a couple more guests. Nate Gatter is going to join us at 720. we got a lot to get into with Nate. We'll talk uh, about City SC. They uh, they had a nice weekend. Also, um, Missouri baseball has a coaching vacancy and today was the day that the NCAA baseball tournament announced the teams that would be uh, that would be in. And Missouri baseball is in a really odd spot right now, being in the SEC. That's a we talk about the the differences between SEC football and all the other conferences. It's probably that much more pronounced in baseball. So we'll get into that. And then uh, Brad Range from our sister station, 97.1 FM Talk, and part of the Annie Fry Show. Uh, he was at the Indy 500. We'll talk with him coming up next hour as well. But right now, very happy to welcome on to the program. You read him at KMOV.com. Covers the Cardinals for them. He is uh, Brendan Schaefer. You follow him at bschafer 12 and he joins us uh, right now. Brendan, thanks so much for uh, taking some time with us today. How are you? Doing well, Matt. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you with us. Uh, this is a Cardinals team that obviously they got off to the slow start. They turned things around a little bit. They did not have a great week, and all of a sudden they went from being uh, a team scoring a ton of runs, and then we saw in the Cleveland series they didn't score as many runs. I'm still trying to get a, a handle on who this team is. Are, are you having those same issues? Yeah, I kind of felt like they were getting things figured out yeah. there for a minute offensively, that the identity was going to be this is a, a team that can offensively outslug teams to win. They have guys like Goldschmidt, Arenado, Wilson, Contreras supposed to be anchoring things in the middle of that batting order. And for a little bit there, it seemed like they had started to fall into that trend. But now some of those guys kind of hot and cold at the bat. We've seen Wilson Contreras kind of struggle for a little while. And uh, I think that's sort sort of part of the trouble they're having right now where they don't have that identity to fall back on. And we've seen some spots from the starting pitching where guys who had struggled are maybe putting it back together, and it's just not consistent enough at this point to really get a feel for, hey, this is the St. Louis Cardinals and who they want to be in 2023. When they lose, there's a few things that tend to happen. Maybe it's a Stephen Matt start. He has struggled, uh, and and we're seeing him in the bullpen, at least for the the time being. Uh, Ryan Helsley doesn't have a great percentage when it comes to him closing out saves. Uh, When they lose, they struggle with runners in scoring position now 
a lot of teams, when they lose games, they don't hit well with runners in scoring position. That's not a unique thing to the Cardinals. But how do you kind of, what do you look at as being something that's real, something that needs to be addressed versus things that are just kind of happening? I think that's kind of a question they've been trying to answer, honestly, all season long, because you heard Ollie Marmble through that really tough stretch where they had the eight losses in a row and they had sunk down to, I think, the 10 and 24, I think might have been the low point. And they talked a lot about continuing with their process and sticking with it, even when things didn't necessarily look good. And I know that was something that frustrated a lot of fans because you could hear that and say, well, their process that they've been using hasn't been working. They're losing a lot of games. So that just doesn't sound like the the, the path they should be going down. But they kind of stuck with it. And offensively, I think there were times where you could say the at-bats, if you watch them, yeah, they're not producing. And this time it was a case of, they didn't look good. Like they didn't look comfortable with the plate. And then there would be days where the runs maybe wouldn't go up on the board, but you could make an honest claim that, yeah, the at-bats do look like they're getting close to breaking out of something. I think it's just the ability to consistently have those kinds of at-bats and then get the results to follow. It's it's come in little bursts, but it hasn't been over a, a prolonged stretch recently for the Cardinals. And it, that's what I think is so difficult for this team to wrap their minds around, because if you look one through nine and you look at the names in the order, you should feel confidence in those guys. But I mean, we're in here starting up June and they're still kind of where they are in the standings. Here's the thing that I, I'm having a hard time reconciling. I think they win the division. I think they win the division by by a fair amount. They're they're right there. They they made up five games in two weeks. That's really really hard to do. They're not going to keep doing that. But there's a scenario where this team is a first place team maybe in a month. They may be below 500. That could be and be a first place team yeah. in a month. So they're I think they're still a playoff club. But this team, the way it's built right now isn't going to make any noise whatsoever in the playoffs. So what's the what's the priority here? Is it getting back to the top of the division where you're for sure going to be in the playoffs? Or is it even when you're not in first place, still having that focus that this team has to be better for a playoff run? I mean, at the start of this year, if you would have said, oh, the Cardinals might be in a spot where the trade deadline, there are a few games below 500, and maybe they don't go all in to win, you'd think, well, that's crazy. The yeah. talent that they have, the guys that are in their primes that you want to take advantage of, the last year of Adam Wainwright, that you want to try to get a winning effort for him in his final season, like all of those things, if you would have said a few months ago that that was going to be where the Cardinals have a chance to be, you would have said, well, that shouldn't be acceptable. It could be where they end up, but there's also a scenario, as you mentioned, where maybe they're a little below 500, but they're right there in the mix at the top of the division. And then you would say, well, what do they add at the deadline to make it better? Or is it worth adding to because of the relative you know, struggles compared to the rest of the league? There's going to be a Dodgers and a Braves and those teams that, yeah, the Cardinals might qualify for the same postseason as those guys, but can you have any real confidence without maybe an addition of, a, of an ace starting pitcher or something like that that you can really kind of plant your flag behind that this team could actually go somewhere? I think that's a really difficult question that time is going to maybe help answer, but it also could just muddy the waters even further. You talk about muddying the waters. Brendan Schaefer, uh, Cardinals beat writer for KMOV.com, continues to join us. When it comes to basketball, we're living in a world right now of positionless basketball, or at least that's where teams want to go. And it feels like baseball in many ways for some teams are moving in that direction. And it's, it's fantastic to have flexibility. It's fantastic to have guys who can play all over the place. 
But when it comes to muddying the waters, I feel like it almost makes it more challenging to identify your needs because guys are always playing in different spots, so you don't even completely know where your deficiencies are. I think at the beginning of the year when the Cardinals had this mindset of we're going to be more modernized with the lineups and being able to platoon and all of these things, guys can move around, and we love the flexibility of that. I think that was their thought process, but maybe they didn't fully appreciate at the beginning exactly what you're talking about now, the way that that could maybe turn sour on you a little bit. When things aren't going well and you say, well, now what do we identify as the fix? It's harder to do that because you've you've kind of built yourself around this notion of versatility, but then it's guys, well, can they find rhythm? Can they get comfortable in the, the chaos that they're in the middle of when they don't know exactly every day where they'll bat or where they'll play in the field and things like that? So those things that I think the team was really hopeful would be beneficial at the beginning of the year, they're having a little bit of trouble kind of working their way through all of those aspects right now. I've been a Tyler O'Neill guy. I thought what he did a couple years ago was a legit thing. I I believed in his off-season workout regimen with the flexibility and the focus on being healthy and all that. Like I was all in on all of that. Yeah. And it's looking like I was wrong. And now I look at this team. He's in a they, they said they're kind of at a standstill right now. So who knows when he's even going to be healthy? But I have a hard time looking at Tyler O'Neill and seeing how he makes this team better. Yeah, I mean, you were hopeful for the power and for the the gold glove defense that he played in left field. And at the beginning of the year, I thought the Cardinals really looked at O'Neill and said, we want to make a concerted effort to give this guy every opportunity to succeed, right? Like, he wants to be in the center field conversation. We'll put him out there in center field and let him kind of run with that job and make it his. And I feel like there was maybe some disappointment to the fact that wasn't able to do that, wasn't able to produce offensively maybe to the extent that everybody was hopeful to see. And now you've got the kind of lingering injuries creeping back into the picture for him. It's really hard because you can look at O'Neal and say, hey, when he's doing the things he was doing in 2021, when he's at his best, he's going to make a lot of teams better. But for the Cardinals to continue to try and coax that out of him when he's not available to play right now, as you mentioned, and, and who knows when that time will come, that is a really difficult spot for the team to be in with him. Does Steven Matz make another start for the Cardinals this year? I think he does this year, Matt, yeah. but I feel like a reset kind of after this couple of off days coming up for the Cardinals, it might make sense to put that on pause. And I actually look at his numbers. He's been good against lefties the entire yeah. time, even as he's been struggling overall. If the Cardinals can put him in a bullpen role that sort of prioritizes saying, hey, there's three out of four lefties coming up in this lineup, this is Steven Matz's inning, I think they could have a nice lefty reliever on their hands and maybe kind of have an improvement in the rotation opportunity along with that. I think it could be a two-bird situation. I think there's so much value in having, and this is what I wanted Andre Pallante to be, and I don't think he is. There's so much value in having that guy who can go get you five, six, maybe seven outs out of the bullpen when you have a starter who goes five and you're right there in the game. And if there's a scenario where it's lining up and a lot of those guys are lefties, uh, people are going to get upset about a guy making $11 million being a middle reliever, but there are value in those outs. There are value in those outs. And one time the Cardinals did it on purpose to pay a guy like Andrew Miller that amount to be that kind of pitcher. And you might say, well, he was he was overpaid for the role that he played. And that might have been true, but he was still a contributor to the team. And I feel like Steven Matz could fit that exact model for where the Cardinals are at right now. Does does he probably prefer to be a starter? It's what he's been. I think so. Right. But right now with where they are, I could see benefit to kind of pivoting course a little bit on that situation. And yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. This is going to sound mean spirited. It's not meant in a mean spirited way. His last start. I almost wish that start would have come 
three starts earlier because he was clearly at a crossroads where one more bad start and they, they didn't have a choice. And then he has three starts where you can find redeeming qualities in all three of those starts. And then he has that one. If that last start would have happened three starts earlier, he's out of the rotation. I believe it was like the beginning of May against the Angels when he gave up four runs in the first inning. Yeah. And you thought if Mike Trout hits a homer in that second inning, maybe it's a completely different story. And there were like the bases were loaded or something was – and then he doesn't, and Mats goes for four scoreless right after that. And I thought, that's going to buy him a few extra starts because he kind of worked his way out of something. And it's exactly what you said, that they might have been at this crossroads a little sooner. But I honestly think being at it now is an okay place to be. Matthew Libertor is a guy that deserves an opportunity with what he's done in Memphis. And so if you give him eight or nine starts, we don't know if they'll do this, but if they do, and it comes right around to mid-July or so, now you know a little bit more about what he brings you. And if you don't love what he brings you, you can look out to the trade deadline, the possibilities there, and the timing for that could kind of line up with a, a trial period for a guy like Libby. And if it doesn't pan out, then you still have opportunities to fix it if you're still in the mix in the Central. That's Brendan Schaefer. You uh, read him at camov.com. Give a plug for, because you do some post-game stuff, you do your daily podcast, be shaped. just go... Everything you got going on. Yeah, sure, man. I've started up a YouTube channel covering a lot of Cardinal stuff, and you can find it at youtube.com slash at bshafer12. I'm at bshafer12 on all the socials, including Twitter. Very good. Brendan Schaefer joining us here on the program again at bshafer12 on Twitter and all the other social channels. Uh, does a great job with his uh, daily podcast and uh, what he does on his YouTube channel. Does a lot of postgame stuff with the Cardinals. So uh, really good person to uh, pay attention to when it comes to Cardinals baseball. One more break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number one. It's the Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. It's the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Just a couple minutes left here in hour number one of the program. Coming up next hour, we'll talk with uh, Nate Gatter. We'll talk uh, both City SC and Missouri baseball with him. And then Brad Range next hour as well. We'll talk uh, about the Indianapolis 500, which he was in attendance to. That's one of my bucket list items, going to the Indy 500. I've never... I've, I'm not a big auto racing guy. Uh, if I am paying attention, it's it's NASCAR over IndyCar. I've not gotten in. I'm, I'm like the one person in the world. I, I literally could not care less about Formula One. I just, I have zero interest in it. This is, this is going to make me sound like I'm the arrogant idiot uh, from the United States. It's, it's too international for me. It's just, it's two hundred. I don't. Same thing with soccer. Like I'm not a soccer guy, but now that we have City SC, I'm trying to pay attention. I'm trying to keep track of what's going on across MLS. But you know what? That's not. That's not a gateway drug for me into other soccer. I'm not. I'm not watching the Premier League. I'm not watching Bundesliga. Like I just have. I have zero interest. So even though I've got a little bit of interest in NASCAR. And a little bit in IndyCar, especially the Indianapolis 500. I just I can't do Formula One. May there was that Netflix like social, um, not social um, reality series, I believe, uh, on Formula One. And I know a lot of people said that they they got into that because of it. Uh, maybe I need to watch that, and that will get me into it. But give me NASCAR, which they're running right now. I, I believe that's live. I think it got weathered out yesterday in Charlotte. 
um, and they're they're running that today. Uh, what is that? The the Pepsi six hundred Coca Cola Pepsi or Coca Cola? That, that <laughs> that's not good branding by them. When I can't remember if it's Pepsi or Coca Cola, I think it's Pepsi. I think it's the Pepsi race that's going on uh, at Charlotte. But nonetheless, uh, Brad Range is going to join us coming up uh, next hour, and just more than anything. We're really close to Indianapolis, and it's an easy place to get to. And the Indianapolis 500 is one of those things. One of my greatest memories growing up with my grandfather, who is not with us anymore, is we would always watch the Indy 500 together. That is, uh, and I, I just remember that uh, always being with him to watch that. And I'd like to go to an Indy 500 one day. So we'll talk with Brad about that coming up uh, in just a little bit. When we return want to get a little bit more into the Tyler O'Neill situation. We learned today that the team is in a, quote, holding pattern when it comes to Tyler O'Neill. What's his future with this team? We'll talk about it next here at Sports Open Line on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 